The way I'd like to start us off here this morning is a little imagination exercise for you guys. Um, And and what I want you to do, I want to encourage you to do, is I I want you to imagine the best version of yourself, okay? It's a little self-centered, but uh, it's all right. We're going to do it for just a minute. What is the best version of yourself? And from like a a physical standpoint, like what might that all mean? Maybe you're a little bit taller. Uh, Maybe you're a little thinner, Maybe you're a little stronger, a little smarter. I don't know. What, what do you imagine when you think of, if this was me, you know, what would I be and how would that be? Um, maybe it's not so directly physical. Maybe you think, oh, I, I'd be a better influence in the world. I'd have greater impact on my family or on my friends. Um, maybe I'd have greater opportunities than I currently have. Maybe I'd not be stuck in this job that I've been stuck in. What, what is the, the best version of you? Maybe you're healthier, maybe you're younger, maybe you're older. I don't know. What, what is it? Okay, so you got that? You pictured that? You can imagine the, the, the better you? Okay. Now, here's what I want to do with that. I want you to now take and think about some other parts of you that maybe you didn't come to mind when you thought through those things. I want you to apply that to your spiritual life. If you take a look at your spiritual life and you think about that, what is my soul right now? And and where where am I in that in a spiritual realm? What's that look like? And now imagine what that could look like for you to be the best version of yourself spiritually. And some of you may have a week behind you that you're like, Oh, that was not my uh, high point of my spiritual life, you know? Others of you, might, it might be. It might have been, oh my goodness, this week I was just alive spiritually and I was sensitive to things and I was growing and I was healthy and full of joy. I don't know, but imagine that. What would that look like? Maybe you're closer to God um, in that place. Maybe you're full of peace and love and joy. Maybe you have a greater compassion for other people. Maybe you're just more patient, generally. What, what part of you could grow spiritually? Maybe your prayer life is rich and effective um, or, or that you have hope for the future, even, dare I say it, hope for the world. <laughs> maybe that's what's in you, okay? As Jesus described it, maybe you have an abundant life, okay? An abundant life. And that's one of the things that Jesus described for his followers. He said, I'm going to come and I want my joy to be in you. I want you, I came, that people would have an abundant life. And what he was talking about there was, he wasn't talking about the fact that you'd be, you know, rich and good looking and healthy all the time, which some of you are. But what he was talking about when he said abundant life is he says, I want you to be full spiritually, I want you to be alive spiritually, and there's an abundance in your spirit, in your soul, the stuff that's going to last for eternity. That is the overflow of that, okay? That's what Jesus said. Now, I can't give you a whole lot of help with all the physical things. You know, I can't make you any taller, can't make you any smarter, any younger, can't do any of those things. But what I can do, and what I want to do here today, is point you towards some things that can make you... um, Step down that path of growth in your spiritual life and ultimately result in some of those outcomes, some of those, those abundant um, life sorts of things that, that we all really want. And what we've been looking at for the past couple of weeks um, is the pathway to spiritual growth and then the way that we describe that here at this church at South Point. 
Okay, that's what we've been talking about. And, and again, I want to say, this isn't some super secret formula. It's not something that only we do here at this church. And if you don't get it here from this church, it just isn't true. It's nothing like that. Right? These are just some of the things that we see through the scripture and through walking with God that we've learned from experience. These things that are very important that help you continue to move on that path towards spiritual growth and spiritual life and spiritual health. Okay? Now, there are certain things uh, when it comes to our physical body. There are certain things that are passed down to us at birth that are out of our control. Unless you have some super fancy contacts that you picked and put in your eyes today, your eye color was probably what you got born with, right? You didn't pick that. I don't know about you, but I didn't choose the hospital that I would be born in as a baby. Or even more, I didn't pick the family I'd get born into. Did any of you? No, you didn't. It's not something that we get to choose. It just happens, right? For good or for bad. It's the way it is. We don't choose those things. But when it comes to developing our spiritual lives, there are some choices that we have to make. All right? Some of those physical things are fixed. And if that's who you are, that's who you are. You can't, you can't move those things. But when it comes to our spiritual lives, there's a lot of choices and opportunity and possibility in front of us. All right? And God, in the way that he designed us, in the way that he created us, God has a plan. And we talk about this plan all the time. Most of you have heard this plan before. And if you haven't, I'll tell it to you again right now, quickly. But the plan of God, the plan is what we call the good news or the gospel. The plan of God is that that he would send his son, Jesus Christ, to come and forgive sins. Because all human beings have a sin problem. That he would come and forgive sins and make a way to restore a relationship between us and God. All right? And then ultimately, out of that, give us eternal life. That's the plan of God. Now, the choice that we're given in that is the choice uh, that we have is whether or not we believe him. He gives us that opportunity. He says, here is the path to abundant life. You choose it. You can either take what I want to offer you or you can reject it. It's up to you. We have that choice. Uh, and some, for some people, that choice is immediate. They hear the gospel and they're like, yes, that's what I need. That's what I want. I'm going to follow him. For other people, it takes time. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes they've heard this message over and over. They might have even been raised in the church from the time they were a little kid. But it takes months, years, decades to finally make that decision to say, okay, I am going to submit my life to God and I am going to follow him. But either way, everyone has a choice to make. And if we choose to believe that, that good news, that message, then our spiritual journey with Jesus begins. That's the offer that God makes to people. He says, listen, if you want to follow me, please come, follow me. And as soon as we say, yes, I want to do that, then he says, awesome, now we're going to begin to grow. I'm going to start doing some things. I'm going to put my spirit in you, and I'm going to start transforming your life. It's not just a one-time decision that, okay, I've got this little certificate that says one free ticket to heaven with my name on it, and I file it away somewhere, and I deal with it like that. That's not the way it works. What happens is he saves us, but then he doesn't leave us where we're at. He begins to develop us and begins to transform us. This is the, the journey of spiritual life, okay? And so we start that, and we begin, and what we find is that our faith Our belief and our trust in God begins to grow as we walk with God. Because what we see in in our, our, our lives with God is we see that God's faithful. 
And God will do things that he says he's going to do. And as that happens and we see that, we, we bring that into ourselves. And we're like, okay, he, he said he'd do this and he did it. Wow, that's good. And then something else comes along. And sure enough, God comes through again. And we're like, oh, all right. We're, we're establishing a pattern here. And pretty soon we start seeing over and over and over and over again the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of God. And pretty soon we believe this guy. We trust him. Our faith in him, our faith in God has grown and it's expanded. And when we're talking about spiritual growth, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about growing in faith. And, and here's, if you're taking notes or you want to take a note here today, here's one of the biggest things that I want you to get down here today and, and remember. God has designed us to grow spiritually. You are made to grow spiritually. All human beings have the capacity for this spiritual growth. All right? Even the most far out there, wicked, lost people that you're like, ooh, I don't know. Even those people have the capacity to grow spiritually. God has designed us to grow spiritually. Because here's what he does. He doesn't go and find spiritual people and then says, ooh, I'm going to call that one because they're really spiritual. That's not what happens. It's actually the other way around. What happens is God calls people and then he grows them spiritually, all right? Um, a f- several weeks ago now, we, we um, did a message where we were looking at the way that Jesus calls people. We were going through the Gospel of Mark. And one of the stories, that, the first story that we looked at was actually when, when Jesus called the Apostle Peter to be his disciple and to come follow him. And it's a really cool story in the Gospels where what, what Jesus does is he's hanging out with these fishermen that don't know anything about him and he's, he's beginning to do the things that he's doing and he's preaching and he's teaching and these guys are watching him and they're coming alongside of, of Jesus and Jesus is on a boat with Peter and he says to Peter, he says, Peter, I want you to follow me. And Peter's response isn't like, oh good, he recognized my spiritual you know, connectedness. He realized how great I really am. It's about time he came around and found me to invite me to follow him. No, that's not what Peter did at all. Peter's a salty fisherman. Well, I guess he wouldn't be salty because he's in the Sea of Galilee. It's freshwater. But still, you you know what I mean? He's he's a sailor, (laughs) all right? And so Peter, he doesn't say, oh, I'm so spiritual. I'm glad, yes, pick me. Instead, he falls on his knees and he's like, God, Jesus, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. You've got the wrong guy. You're looking for somebody who's spiritual and is going to follow you and do the things that you do, these incredible spiritual things. I'm not a spiritual guy. I'm a fisherman. But Jesus says, no, no, no. I know exactly who you are. You're the one I want. You're the one that I'm giving this opportunity. Receive this call. And from that point on, he begins to grow Peter and transform Peter. And we see all the other incredible things that uh, God does through Peter's life. So God has a plan in this, and he has a purpose for what he's doing in the way that he is growing people up spiritually. Jesus had a purpose, and so do we. Um, In John 3.17, the Bible says this. It says, for God did not send his son, that's Jesus, into the world to condemn the world. That's not why he's here. Jesus didn't show up and say, you're all a bunch of losers, and you're going to hell. But I just wanted to tell you that before I left. That's not what Jesus did. That's not it. He wasn't here to condemn the world, but listen, it says, but in order that the world might be saved through him. 
That was his purpose. And then later in the the Gospel of John, in chapter 17, as Jesus is talking to God the Father, this is what he says. He says, as you sent me into the world, Father, so I have sent them, my followers, I have sent them into the world. In the same way that the Father sent Jesus into the world to offer them eternal life and salvation, that's the same thing he now does with us. He takes us and sends us into the world to do the same things that he was doing. Offering salvation that anyone and everyone would come to know him. We've been sent into the world to bring others to Jesus that they might be saved. And we do that by bringing the love that Jesus brought to us. All right, and so in this, God has this plan and he has this purpose, but he also has a process for preparing us and growing us. And that's really what I've been trying to shape up for you and define for you for these past two weeks. This is the third week in this. In this process that God has, we find three kind of primary areas where growth happens. And we've already studied two of those, all right? The first, I said, is when we gather, all right? We gather together in worship. And it's when we gather together in worship to express our love to God that he teaches us and changes us. That's why Christians, from the very beginning, have always spent time gathered together. That's what we're doing right now. You're gathered with other Christians. We're worshiping God together. And in that, we're, we're transformed. All right? There's something special about being with the people of God, worshiping Him. I can't always put my finger on it, but there's just, we're made this way, and this is part of what happens. All right, that's the first thing that we gather. Secondly, we looked at this last week. The second thing that we do is we connect with other believers. We actually build relationships, meaningful relationships. And through those deep relationships, what happens is we start rubbing off on each other. And not just the bad stuff, but a lot of the good stuff. We encourage each other. We help each other grow. We, we bring in another perspective. We broaden our horizons as we're connected with other people. And, and from those close relationships, God, um, those close relationships, God then in turn shapes us through them. I personally have been shaped by many of you in this church. And it's from knowing you and you knowing me. I've had an impact in my life. God has worked through you in my life. And finally, we come to the third area here today, and that is this. We reach others for God. We reach others for God. All right, we gather together in worship, we connect in these relationships, and then we reach out, and we're going to talk more about that. When we reach, we're loving the world around us. That's what we're doing. We're stretching beyond ourselves, okay? We are connecting to the work of God, which is reconciling the world to himself. That's what we're doing. We become a part of God's work in history, which is pretty amazing when you think about that. The things that we do in ministry, the things when we begin loving other people in in Jesus' name, we're actually extending the work that Jesus began 2,000 years ago. When he came to earth and absolutely transformed the whole face of earth. We're continuing in part of that process. We're, we're attached to it. His plan is eternal. 
And it's more than just leaving a legacy for our grandkids. It's being involved in something that will never fade away. Jesus said in John 14, 12, he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. That's what Jesus was talking about there. He said, look, I came and I'm sharing the good news with people. I'm I'm bringing the message of salvation to others. And he says, I'm going to go away and you people who follow me, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to pick up where I've left off. And what I've been trying to get across to you through this series, and and I really want to reinforce here today, is that we are actually made to do these things. All right, We're made to do these things. We're made to gather and to connect and to reach. But if we aren't used to these things, or if we haven't experienced these things, they can sometimes feel a little bit awkward or uncomfortable or even unattainable. And, and this is what I mean by that. Um, as we'll, we'll see this as we go a little bit here. Because if we don't make space for these things in our lives, uh, they just don't happen. We can throw out these grand ideas of, oh, yeah, you should come to church on Sundays. Oh, you should join us for life groups somewhere during, during the week. Oh, you should get involved in a ministry and serve in some capacity. That's all great in theory. But until you actually start doing it in your life and building it into your life and crafting your life and shaping your life in ways that allow for that, it just doesn't happen. It won't. It won't happen. Um, other things will win out. Things like busyness. We're, we're chronically busy people, okay? And I'm the, myself included. We're way too busy. Selfishness, laziness, these things just, if you don't do anything, that's what happens. That's what wins, <laughs> right? It's the way it works. But each one of these steps is an important step. So, so let's talk about this reaching idea. How do we reach others for God? What is it that we're talking about here in this? It's very simple, To reach others, we just serve. We just serve. We commit ourselves to doing the work of the ministry. Okay? And ministry, uh, church word here, ministry is simply serving other people in Jesus' name. That's what ministry is. It's serving other people in Jesus' name. You know, when I was in college, um, in the dorms that I lived in, this is... Back, as my daughters like to say, back in the 1900s, um, which I love that phrase when they make fun of me for being old. Um, Yes, I went to college in the 1900s, guys. Um, You'll get it in a minute. But anyway, back in the 1900s, when we were in college, um, in our dorm, we just had this, uh, the shower was just this giant room with a whole bunch of shower heads, okay? Just a big old open room. Um, For some of you, you're like, oh my gosh, that's so gross, or that's weird, or guys, it's just the way it was, okay? Um, I've was raised in locker rooms and all those kinds of things as an athlete. That wasn't weird to me. Never even thought twice about it. But anyway, great big old room, all these shower heads. Well, here's all, also what would happen. Um, you know, in the girls' dorms, they would have these little, you know, cute little caddies with their shampoos and all their lotions and potions, and they'd walk in and out with it, and they'd have a little place in their closets where it's all clean and organized. This is a dude's dorm, okay? That's not the way it is. It's like a guy would come in and throw a bar of soap into the, the place, whatever, and kind of sit there in the corner, and he'd be like, where's my soap? You know, those kinds of things would happen. Well, the other problem that would happen a lot in here was you buy a bottle of shampoo, 
and you're too lazy to take it back to your room, so you just leave a shampoo bottle in the corner with your name on it or something and expect nobody's going to take my shampoo, right? That's not the way it works in a smelly guy's dorm, okay? So I remember one day I was in the shower and I was complaining because I just bought this bottle of shampoo and I'd like used it once and I picked the thing up and it's like almost empty. And I'm talking to my friend John. I'm like, dude, they took my shampoo again. Now here's the thing. John had a different perspective. He still has a different perspective on life. But John said something to me that actually stuck with me that is applicable here today. Believe it or not, we're going to get there. Here's what John said to me. He's like, dude, that's awesome, bro. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, bro, you're starting a shampoo ministry. (laughs) Like, look at that. You're taking care of these people with your shampoo, man. That's awesome. And I'm like, you got a point, John. I I didn't know that I was ministering to somebody else, but that's what's happening. Ministry can even be that simple. What are you doing? You're loving somebody. I mean, I wasn't loving them and offering them the shampoo, all right? It was, I, I fell into this ministry. That's happened to me a lot in life. But that's, that's the way it happened. And he's like, look, man, you're being Jesus to other people. They need shampoo. You're providing them shampoo. You got the shampoo ministry. It's awesome. Put it on your resume, you know? Started the shampoo ministry, Hendricks Hall, back in the 1900s, right? But that's what ministry is. Sometimes when we think of ministry, we think, oh, it's this big thing, and I, got, I need to get educated for it, and I need to get all these degrees and labels. And I mean, gosh, I saw Tony and Samantha. They, like, laid hands on them and prayed for them. They have a ministry. You know, but me, I just, I'm the shampoo guy, you know? No, ministry doesn't have to be all of that. Ministry is simply serving others motivated by love. That's what ministry is. And in gathering... Um, we brought this up in life group, so I'm going to expand it a little bit. If gathering for worship is our front door, I told you that's kind of the front door of our church. And, and last week I told you connecting through our life groups is more of our living room. Reaching out in ministry is our kitchen. That's where the work is happening, all right, to provide what's needed. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, one of my favorite chapters of the entire Bible, um, it, It says this, it says, And he, referring to God, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers, these are people that have roles in the church, he gave them to equip the saints for the work of ministry. The purpose of the church, the purpose for the people in the church, is that we would be equipping the saints, that's all of you peoples, the saints for the work of ministry. So we need to know what that work is. If that's what the point is, that's the purpose. And as we grow in our relationship with God, as we learn about him and experience him in worship, and as we're connected to the church community and built up in love, the next natural step is that we would overflow in ministry. That's the natural thing that's supposed to happen as we're growing spiritually. And and this is where it gets fun because ministry comes in so many different shapes and forms, right? So many different shapes and forms. Now, I I will say this before I go any farther. As somebody who is involved in leading a church, there's a a temptation, um, a real temptation for churches to kind of want to take this part over for you, okay? And this is what I mean by that. Um, As somebody in a a church who, who realizes, okay, the Bible tells us, we saw it right there in Ephesians, that the, the church should be equipping saints for the work of ministry. 
So the temptation is to say, all right, I need to think of all these different ministries and these different opportunities that I can tell people they have to go do. All right? And so I'm going to throw this big event, and I'm going to say, this is our ministry event. You all have to come. Come do it. Or I'm going to say, hmm, I, we, we've got an extra four people that aren't involved in a ministry right now. Let's make a ministry that is like this, and we'll put them in there. Um, but th- there's, there's an issue. There's, there's several problems with that. Um, there, there may be a time and place to do some of those things, and sometimes we need help. Um, but we can't replace the, the personal experience of being someone who reaches. Right? You can go along with the flow of things and you can, you can do what needs to be done without actually engaging in the ministry that you're a part of. And what we want to do is we want to figure out and understand who it is that God has made us to be and where our particular fit is in the ministry that he has for us. Um, it's, it's an important thing. It's an ongoing important part of your spiritual growth. You know, a few weeks ago, um, we did a message entitled, A Call to Go. And we looked at the Great Commission, how Jesus said, you know, um, I want you to go. I want you to go, and I want you to make disciples, and I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Spirit, and I want you to teach them to obey all that I've commanded, right? Um, and in that whole thing, we saw that Jesus calls us to go and serve, both inside the church that we talked about, and also outside of the church in, in very unique ways. Uh, another passage that really um, hits this home um, is in Romans chapter 12, verse 4 to 8. It'll be on the screen for you. Here's what it says. This is very similar to a passage in 1 Corinthians, but this one's a little different. It says, For as in one body we have many members, right? I've got hands and feet and legs and elbows and all this. And the, body, or, and the, the members do not, have all, do not all have the same function. So we, though many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, look what he says here, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. These are just a few of the little ways that he's referencing here that we can be called to minister. I mean, I think I hit this home with you guys on a regular basis, but if not, I'll do it again here today. We are all called to share our faith with the people in our world. All of us, all of us are, with the people especially that we're closest to. But some of us, might have a specific call and gift to, for a full ministry of evangelism. For you, it may be something that is big and heavy in your heart that you can't stop telling other people about your faith. And you've got to set aside a, an afternoon each week to go to the local park and talk to people. Or you've got, a, you've got something you want to write down and, and present it to the world and put it on your social media posts or start a website, whatever. There may be, other, there may be a burden of evangelism that's specifically on your heart um, that you do. God gives others a deep heart for just kids. And they love kids. And for them, the, the call, the, the ministry that is on their life is, I want to go and I want to serve the, the kids. And I want to join the, the kids' ministry. And I want to teach the stories of the Bible to the kids. 
Because that's part of who I am. Others feel a call, and maybe it's a temporary call, maybe it's a permanent call, to step in when we see emergencies, we see issues, relief issues. I mean, you guys have all seen what's going on in Maui right now in Lahaina. You know, that's going to require tons of people who want to minister and care for other people with all of their abilities, right? The doctors and the construction workers and the architects and the the people that want to serve food. There's so many opportunities to serve and to minister and to love. Ministry opportunities come in all types of shapes and forms, and they're inside the church and they're outside of the church. But when we reach, we're doing what we're made to do. And just like these other pieces that we've talked about, we're made to do those things. And when we do it, we experience spiritual growth. And just like those two other areas, it's not a single event or experience. It's not, okay, I've done these other things. I'm part of church. I'm part of a life group. I need to go and do a ministry event. And so therefore, I'm going to go do it. And then I've done it once and I did it. I, I hit them all. No, that's not the way it is. It's an ongoing part of who you are. So, if you don't already know what your ministry is or how God's calling you to ministry, how do you figure out where your fit is? All right, and that's, that's the, the last practical things that I want to um, share with you this morning. And what I'm going to give you is just three keys to finding your fit, all right? Um, these are pretty simple, and if you thought hard on them, you would probably come up with these, these things and, and probably more, but here's three of them. First off, I think that what we want to look at when we're trying to figure out how we're to minister, how we're called to serve, the first thing we look at is our gifts. What are your gifts, both spiritual and natural gifts? How is it um, that, that you've been made? What, what have you been given Maybe you have a particular talent that God gave you. Maybe you don't even know what that talent is. Um, but how, how has God made you? Because we're all different. Let me give you an example. Um, let's say you are a, a cheerful morning person. Okay? And there's some of you out here. I, I love those people. You're a cheerful morning pe- person who loves to meet new people. Guess what? We have a ministry for you right here at this church. The welcome table. That's the kind of person that you want that's cheerful and morning and happy. Oh, good to meet you. So glad you're here, right? That's what you want at the welcome table. If you're not that person, if you're not the cheerful morning person with a smile on your face as soon as you pop out of bed and everything is good in front of you, if you're not that person, you're dragging out and you're like, oh gosh, here we go again, another one of these days. I just thought I got done with the other one, but here I am again. You know, oh my, it's so cloudy. You know, I see a cloud. It's a, there's, it's a cloudy day. Um, it's miserable. I didn't have enough coffee. They didn't do my coffee right. And do I want you at the welcome table? No, I don't. (laughs) You have other gifts. You have other abilities. Let's find where you fit. That's not where we want you to be, right? Nobody wants to come to church. Like, ooh, am I sure I want to go to church? Look at that guy. He's miserable. We can't go into there. That's not what we want, right? You've got to figure out. Maybe that's not who you are. Maybe you're the sort of person you're like, oh my gosh, that would kill me. Like, I'm happy in the mornings, but I can't meet new people. Like, I feel so, uh, it's too much. I, I could get through three people maybe, but once more than three people walk by me, it's like it's, I've hit my person contact for the day, right? Maybe you're the sort of person who likes to work behind the scenes. You, you like to help and provide in other ways that people don't even notice or, or might not even know. We have opportunities for you too. 
You could help set up in the mornings or tear down after church is done. There's lots of things, even here within the church, that fit that way. Maybe you're a gifted artist. Uh, We would love for you to put your graphic design work um, uh, skills to use in our church. God has given all of us different gifts, different abilities that we can serve and love the Lord with. All right, so your gifts, spiritual and natural, that's the first one. Secondly, your passions. Uh, This doesn't have to be something that hurts, something that you're like, oh, I hate to do it, but God gifted me with this, so now I have to go for it. No, no, no. Look at your passions. What really moves you? What do you love? What do you like to do? If if you have a heart for for children and, and you love to just serve them and be with them and hang out with them, serve in kids' ministry or youth ministry. That's part of how God has made you to be. Maybe you, maybe you love the game of soccer. And, and maybe for you, it's about figuring out, how can I take this love of this game and turn this in such a way that I can do this in an outreach way to the kids in the community, to other, find other people that love soccer and bring them in and, and do these kinds of things. Um, there's, there's ways to do that. And in the process, share the love of Jesus with them. Our passions can be used to fuel our ministries. And what I've found in um, doing a lot of different church ministries and even overseeing lots of ministries is that is, is really key a lot of times for longevity. Because if we do a single event and we say, okay, here's the event that we're going to do, here's what we need, bang, 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 and do all this. Um, for instance, we talked, we talked this morning about the, the, the surf, um, urban surf uh, camp that, that some of us were part of uh, a couple weeks ago. I love to surf. Surfing is one of my passions. Pedro and I spent hours out there in the water with a bunch of these little kids. All right? I love that. Now, it's not exactly surfing at that point, right? You're in the water and you're teaching kids your love for something else. I loved that. It was awesome. And I think the kids had a great time. I don't know if I could do that every single week. Okay, so even though that I've got this passion or this desire for this particular thing, you still have to figure out, okay, what's motivating all of that? But I'll tell you, part of what did motivate me far more than the surfing part of it is a love for these kids and wanting to love people with the love of Jesus. That's the part that that motivates those things. So pay attention to what your passions are because your passions a lot of times will fuel you to keep moving forward in it. All right, so your gifts, your passions, and also the third one I want to bring up is your experiences. How have you been shaped as a person? What life experiences have you gone through that has shaped you and developed you to be who you are? Um, What have you learned on the job or in education at school? Even think about your experience of how you served in the past. Okay, those things help steer you toward a a way that you can serve. Because these experiences are all useful in God's kingdom. God can even, this might surprise you, God can even use the hard life experiences to minister to others. So some of the things that you're like, that was the worst part of anything that I experienced in my life. Even those things can often be the most valuable, usable things in loving other people and caring for other people. Do you know what it was like to be raised by a single parent? If you do, you have great insight and experience that can be used to help others, kids that are being raised in single-parent homes right now. They, you know what they're going through and how they're feeling. You can use that to be able to minister. 
And once you've considered these different things, you've considered what your gifts are, what your passions are, what your experiences are, then the next step is simply to ask God to guide you and then step into the opportunities as they present themselves. All right, I think it's good for us to kind of take that, that, that look at ourselves and who we are, who's God made us to be, what have we experienced, um, what am I, and, and now then say, Lord, use me. I want to reach. I want to be a person who ministers. I want to be a person who serves. And then start looking for those opportunities as they open to be able to step into those, into those things. This is part of the growth process. And I will also tell you this. Some of the, the passions and the gifts, um, they aren't discovered until we follow him in obedience. I think for a lot of people, it's they, they, they're like, well, I want to serve. I see an opportunity here, whether it's at the church or outside the church. I see this opportunity. I want to serve. I don't really know if I'm fit for it, but I'll try it. You know, like I told you, I've already got kind of a plan for who needs to be at the welcome table or not. So we might tell you no. Um, But for other opportunities like that, sometimes it's just a matter of being obedient to the Lord and saying, okay, God, I'm going to try this. I'm going to see how it goes. And when you step into it, all of a sudden, things get discovered in you that you didn't even know you had. You're like, I'm really good at this. I really like this. Who thought I would like to hang out with toddlers? But I do, you know. Um, Those things are discovered sometimes when we step into that and obey him. And as a church, we want to support ministry that flows from the people that God plants in this church. There's, There's two ways of doing this. And I'm just letting you into the the behind-closed-doors ideas of how we kind of function as a church. You know, you can, as, a, as church leadership, you can think of a, a program, and you can come up with this idea or this event or this ministry, and you can say, all right, this is what we're going to do. Now let's try to find the people to fit this and to fill this. All right, that's one way of doing it. The other way of doing it is to say, okay, these are the people that God has brought here, now, what can we do with these people? All right? Do you see the difference? One is it's the, 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 the project first, and then you find the people. The other one is the people first, which define the project. All right? This is the way we want to try to do it here. So with, with a lot of these different things that come our way, ministry opportunities, much of it is going to come from the needs of our people, the passions of our people, the, the ministry opportunities of our people, who it is that God has specifically given us um, to be, you know? And that's sometimes hard for people when they come to church here. They're like, well, at my other church, I was in this ministry, this ministry, and this ministry. And you don't have those ministries, so you need to start those ministries. Like, okay, well, maybe if you're one of those people that that's what works for you, and that's where God's called you to be, then maybe that will come up from there. But the reason those things aren't here is because that's not what we're, that's not who we are. And so that's what we want to try to do. We want to find who it is that we are, and we want to support that as a church together, and we grow into it. All right? So, in in kind of a summary here. When we gather, we participate in worship. When we connect, we're sharing our lives with a life group. That's how we do it here, our primary way. And when we reach, we're committing to serve. It's that simple. These are the three big things that if you're, if you're growing in each of these areas, you will be growing spiritually. And what happens, though, is that sometimes one or two or all three of these things get out of whack. 
they're not showing up in our lives or we kind of neglect one of those things. But guys, it's not enough to just enjoy the energy and emotion and experience of God in worship. Some people, that's what they do. And they kind of hop around from church to church and service to service um, looking for the most incredible experience. And that's, that's their whole spiritual life is wrapped up in that. It's not enough to just build relationships with other Christians. Uh, some that do that, they have a very rich social community and a deep sense of belonging, but it doesn't go beyond that. Or it, it's also not enough to just serve other people. Okay? Um, some people do that. They're very active and compassionate and they fight for justice. But that becomes the all-consuming thing. That's not how it works. Each one of the areas is important in shaping you and growing you into the person that God has for you to be. And our goal for everyone in the church, old and young, would that, that we would all be moving through these steps. So what would that look like? Well, a, a, a committed, fully committed member, we don't even use that kind of language, but fully committed member of South Point, that's, this is what they'd be doing. They would be coming and worshiping um, to a Sunday morning gathering like this one. They'd be an active participant in a life group, connecting with other people, building those relationships. And then they'd be involved in a ministry team or two, whether it's here in the church or outside of the church. All of us. That's, those would be these ingredients that are in our lives. And the, these three aspects, aspects combined will produce spiritual growth in that person and in our church as a whole. Um, one more thing I, I do want to just throw out there to you. Um, for those of you who really enjoy understanding structure of something, it's also pretty cool because the values of our church actually correspond with these three big areas. All right, I'm going to show it to you here. Um, when we gather, we're loving God. And the two values of our church that attach its, themselves to that is that we're, we want to be Bible-centered and we want to experience immersive worship. These are two of the values that we have as a church. All right? That's what happens when we gather. When we connect, we're loving one another. And it's there that we see authentic community and transformed lives. And when we reach, we're loving the world. That's where we want to be equipped for service and engaged with the world. All right? It's pretty cool how that works. All right, here's how we're finishing today. I've got a, a little bit of homework for you. Some of you love homework. Um, some of you don't, but you've got to do it anyway because you've got homework, okay? All right, here's what I want you to do this week. As you're thinking about these things, as you're letting some of this stuff percolate and process in your minds, take a spiritual inventory, okay? This isn't going to be super hard, and it's not going to take you a whole lot of time, but I want you to take a spiritual inventory Ask yourself this simple question. Am I growing spiritually? Okay, that's it. Am I growing spiritually? And then maybe write down these three areas of, of you know, gathering and connecting and, and reaching. Write those things down. And then ask yourself, which one of these areas is having the greatest impact on my life right now, on my spiritual life? And then ask yourself the opposite question of where might God be calling me to action? Where is the place that I could grow in? And as we do those kinds of things together, and as we sort through those things with God, 
um, I think we'll be able to enjoy watching the way that God grows each one of us and grows us as a church. Amen? You got it? All right. Next week, I'll just tell you this before I pray. Um, Next week, we'll be jumping into the book of Acts. So if you want to read ahead, go ahead. Read the first chapter of the book of Acts. And next week, we're going to start into that book, and we'll go all the way through it together. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope that you can be um, with us in that. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we do thank you for um, your word, and we thank you for the ways that you grow us, Lord. And uh, God, I pray that today every person here would recognize and understand that you have made them to grow. That is part of your plan and your purpose for their lives. And uh, Lord, as we've kind of studied the process over these, these few weeks, I just hope, Lord, that people can see these things simply and clearly. That's what we're trying to do, is to get these things understood in a way that anybody can grab a hold of them. And, and look at their own lives and figure out what it is that you're leading them to next. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd continue to establish this kind of workflow for us as a church. We want to be a church that is healthy and vibrant, a church that is alive and growing, a church that is full of your Holy Spirit and pouring out and overflowing to others in the world around us. And we know and we see that this is the way that you do that. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would help us have the, the, the courage and the strength to invest ourselves in this way, that we would be able to do the things that you're calling us to, that we become the people that you're calling us to become. And through it, Lord, we pray that uh, we'd be able to, to celebrate and watch uh, the way that you grow us into, uh, into mature Christians that are following after you and are, are living life uh, in that abundant way that you have for us. And today also, Lord, I, I just want to uh, take a moment to pray um, just for first, uh, something on my heart this morning is just that I'd just be able to pray for those that um, may be struggling right now. Uh, in all, there's all sorts of ways. Life is full of struggle. It's full of pain. It's full of suffering. But Lord, I just uh, want to bring those people to you that are maybe here today that are struggling in some way. Lord, and I just ask that right now that you would encourage their hearts. God, you are the great healer. You're the great comforter. You're the one who loves us and you're the one who can untangle things in our hearts and our minds that we don't even understand. And so, Lord, today we come before you in the presence of your people and in the presence of your spirit and just ask that you would do a a healing work in people's lives. So Lord, for those today that maybe are struggling, maybe it's grief, maybe it's um, from from loss, maybe it's uh, a health issue that they're struggling with and suffering with, maybe it's um, just a a mental mental anguish or, or, or sorrow, a depression, anxiety, worry, any of those things, Lord, I pray that today that your spirit would just minister to them, that you'd heal them, you'd touch them, and that you'd, you'd fill them with a, a peace that passes even understanding. And that they would, uh, even though they don't understand that peace, they'd know that it's there and they'd be able to glorify you for it. So be with them. And Lord, um, also, as we mentioned here today, Lord, we know that um, there are brothers and sisters in Christ and, and many that do not know you that are suffering Um, this week and right now with the disaster that has happened over in Maui. And Lord, we pray for those people as well. 
We just pray, God, your mercy, and um, we just we just pray for all of the resources necessary. We pray for uh, an empowerment for so many of those that are going to be serving and ministering and loving others. And we pray, God, that you would just uh, encourage and strengthen those that are, are suffering over there this week. And God, as we go uh, from this place today, Lord, we pray that that um, these things that we've been talking about over these past few weeks would, would take hold of our hearts, that, that you would be at work changing us, and Lord, that you make us the people that you want us to be. We love you, and we thank you for this time. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.